right. <clears throat> Mr. Blore, a former detective and another guest, is taking a different train from one of the others are taking. He has a list of names of all the other guests, and he reads it over, reflecting the job. This job would probably be easy. His only company is only is on the train. Is an old man who warns him that, that a storm is coming, and the day of judgment is near. As the man gets off the train, Blur reflects that the old man is closer to death and judgment than himself. The narrative warns us that there, as it happens, he was wrong. You can find it at your local Walmart, Best Buy, or maybe Meyer. Two taxis wait at Stigglehaven train station to drive the guests to the, to the dock. Justice Wargrave and Emily Brett share a cab, while Philip Lomar and Vera Claythorne wait together for the second taxi, which cannot leave until General Macar arrives on a slower train. The two make small talk until the train appears, and then the three of them drive to the dock, where Wargrave and Emily are waiting with the man who introduces himself as Davis. Just before that, they set out in the boat. In the sweet light, he looks like a young god as he drives towards them. A man named Fred... As a man named Fred Narricott freed the group from Stiglehaven to the island, Indian Island, he reflects what an odd party these guests have. Since they do not seem to know each other at all and do not seem like friends or millionaires, which Mr. Owen must be, when the guests arrive at the island, they will go up to the house, a large modern-style building, and are, are greeted by the butler, Mr. Rogers and his wife. Mr. Rogers, who serves as a cook <clears throat> and a housekeeper, Mr. Rogers tells them that Mr. Owen has been delayed, but that they have, they should make themselves at home. The rooms are prepared, and drinks are made, and dinner is on its way. We can stop it right there. And that's this is chapter two right here. Okay. What I just read is chapter two. Okay. Okay, you can continue. I'll keep reading. As in the first chapter, the second chapter follows the thoughts of each character in turn. Everyone's as in the first chapter, the second as in the first chapter, the second chapter follows the thoughts of each chapter in the turn. Everyone's musing come across as slightly sinister. Dr. Armstrong, for example, arrives at the island and finds it magical and inspires himself to make plans, fantastic plans, possibly plans for murder. Tony Marstrom is in his bath, thinks to himself that he must go through it with unexpected, which which could refer to unpleased, pleasant. Weekend or to acts of violent. Mr. Blore. Mr. Blore tying his tie, thinks about the job he must do, one that must not bungle. He can make an excuse and get away, throw up the whole business, 
He can mean either the business of the weekend or the business of the crowd. He thinks that he will enjoy this weekend perhaps because he will enjoy it. Praying on others. Finally, Emily Brent reads about just the punishment of sinners. Perhaps because she plans to punish sinners herself. This chapter also introduces the Ten Little Indians poem. The noble, dominant. I'm gonna cut some of this out. That's why I'm okay. cut some of the lines. And then there were none. Uh, you can like skip it, but like I'll cut some of it out. I'm oh. trying to read this. The use of a childhood nursery ring, rhyme, as a the guests enjoy a delightful gin, the guests enjoy a dinner, and began to relax, <clears throat> in spite of the odd circumstances. They notice a set of ten China China figures, of Indians sitting in the center of the table, in the middle. It's in the tape. Hold on, let me read that again. They notice a set of ten china figures of Indians sitting in the t- in the center of the table. The figures with the grime that hangs framed in all of the rooms. When the dinner's over, the whole company moves into the drawing room. Everyone except Mr. Rogers is is in the drawing room. When suddenly the group hears a this disembodied. Oh, I'm not gonna put that in. Until a group hears a sound and accuses each of them of murder, naming the victim and the date of each guest. After listing the na- listing the crimes, it, it asks if anyone at the bar has said has something to say in his or his defense. The voice falls silent and almost everyone expresses shook and anger. Mr. Rogers, who has been standing outside the room, faints while Mr. Rogers goes to fetch her some I'm not gonna put that in because it doesn't make sense. Alright, Mr. Rogers revives and her husband, Dr. Armstrong, helped her to the bed. People pour themselves drinks when Mr. Rogers returns. He explains that he and his wife have never met their employer, Mr. Owen. He says that an agency hired them, and they received instructions by mail. Everyone else takes turn explaining his or her invitation to the island, and they realize that Mr. Owen impersonated various old friends and specific Judge Wargrave, who has taken a charge of this discussion, notes that the recorded message mentioned a, a Mr. Brown 
but not Mr. Davis. The name Blower, Blower has has chosen as an allies. Blower the, then reveals his real name and admits that he was hired via post as a private detective to protect the jewels, the hold on, the jewelries of Mr. Owen. Wargrave suggests that the that Ewan sounds like it sounds like and stands for unknown. Alright. That's it. Okay. Uh, I'll go. I'll cut some of the art so so so, so something. Uh, wait, wait a second. I'm not, I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. Alright. Okay, uh, chapter four. This was right. This was right after uh, the recorder said everybody's accusations. So everybody was talking about the accusations on the uh, record player, and uh, Anthony was also poisoned. Chapter five. Doctor Armstrong investigated uh, the drink and also Mr. Rogers did. They helped Mrs. Rogers to the bed. She fainted. And and uh, Anthony Marson, uh, it was found that poison was in his drink and everyone assumed that it was suicide. Chapter 6. Dr. Armstrong had a nightmare about when he killed, killed a lady and he lied to everybody that he never killed anyone. Okay, I'm done. All right, Michael. Chapter 10 talks about how Vera Claythro and Philip were talking about who the murderer might be, and Vera knew Philip has a gun and that he has killed before, and the killer, and they said the killer is doing it for fun. And um, Armstrong and Orgrave were thinking who the killer might be. Vera thinks Dr. Armstrong because two of the deaths were by have been uh, by poison and she thinks how she thinks he killed Mark Arthur and Wargrave said that he believes he knows the killer and that's that's a bit about chapter two. Oh, all right. Um anyway, chapter twelve. Chapter eleven. Uh, another person died was Mr. Rogers, and he was found dead. And he was cutting wood when apparently somebody randomly came up and asked him to death. And he was found when he was dead. By Vera, I think. No, not Vera. Emily, with the hatchet wound in the back of his neck. Then later on, Lombard and Bloor and the doctor were still trying to figure out who did the murder. And so Bloor told Lombard he thinks Emily is the killer after Emily was making them breakfast the next morning. On that same day, Emily died of a hypodermic syringe. Armstrong admits to having a syringe in his medical bag but he was not the killer. And then they put Wargrave's revolver 
in a safe in a cabinet with two keys on the safe and a cabinet. And so the gun goes missing the next day, which means everybody had to strip and they had to be patted down to see if anyone had the gun on them. Nobody did. Wargrave thought it was a smart decision because he gave the gun, no, not the gun, my bad, the key, the keys to two strong men that would be able to fight off whoever the killer was, hopefully. And even if they did get in the cabinet, and Wargrave or anybody else would hear them. If he did use the key, then somebody on the inside is working with the killer or is being blackmailed by the killer. And yeah. Okay, so for chapter 12, uh, they, uh, they searched for uh, Lombard's uh, gun, a revolver. Um, uh, they didn't find it. They also uh, went to the dining dining room and they found uh, uh, the syringe that was used to kill uh, Mrs. Emily Brent. And they also found uh, a soldier, a, a broken soldier boy. And the syringe was uh, carefully wiped. Uh, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't find the revolver. And then Wargrave said they should stay together for safety. Uh, and yeah, that was it. All right, All right. we're done. We are good.